Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everybody. I was just asking, will you take away the batteries? I'm one of those people that when something is a little bit out, I'm, on, I'm definitely on a spectrum, I promise you, I know that. Uh, something is not quite where it should be, it throws me the entire time. Is there anybody else like that? No. You know, um, no, go Andy. Uh, you're the worst in the whole world. You just live in North Africa, denial. <laughs> yeah, even at the tennis court, uh, you know, we started playing tennis recently and um, trying to play tennis. But if you hit a ball and it goes in by the net and you don't pick, someone doesn't take the ball from the net, I, I just, all I see is that ball on the ground. I, I can't see anything else. I, it, it, it's, it shouldn't be there. So if you're like that, you need prayer just like I need prayer. Amen. And to, good evening, everybody. And it's good to see you and those joining online. My wife's watching tonight and uh, my family. God bless you and those who are watching later on. We hope you get blessed by the service and by the word tonight. Uh, Dan, Dallas and Oriel are with us tonight. Now, you know, he introduced himself to me again on Sunday, but I do remember eight or nine years ago here in Cork, and now he's back married, got a beautiful wife. I don't know what lies you told her, but she married you anyhow, and but a great friend of Cork Church, and they love the Lord, and they're on a kind of a honeymoon, even though it's five years later, this is a kind of a honeymoon they never had. So welcome to tonight. I know you're heading to Edinburgh, and uh, after that, I mean, Scotland is nice, you know, and the Scots are just Irishmen that couldn't swim. So I uh, hope you enjoy Edinburgh, and uh, just keep praying for us, and lovely to see you. Lovely to see you found love, and more importantly, that you're going on in the Lord. Amen. And you're serving him. So bless God tonight. Again, we have a privilege to call ourselves Christians. What a name we have, amen? Imagine having the name Christian, to be called after Christ, amen? What a title to have. It's better than any other title in this planet, I want to tell you. They can call you chief, boss, king, president, but to be known as a Christian and a son of God, there's no greater title can be bestowed upon us, amen? If you have a Bible, I've got a well-known story, maybe not so well-known to some, um, and we're going to look in the book of uh, Exodus. Actually, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy first. Read Deuteronomy to you first, and then we're going to go. So we're going to Deuteronomy 24, uh, verses 17 to 19, and then we're going to Exodus 17, verses 8 to 16. So let me read Gen- uh, Deuteronomy 24. And just to let you know, two moms with babies and stuff, we do have a televised area that you can take the kids. You can catch service on the balcony floor, just if the kids don't settle just to let you know that's operating tonight as well. So Deuteronomy 25, verse 17. 24. Sorry, Exodus. Deuteronomy 25, 17. Yeah, wait. Never forget what, Amalek, what, what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary and they struck down those who were straddling behind They had no fear of God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you the rest from your enemies in the land that he's giving you as a special possession, you must destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this. And Exodus chapter 17, reading from verse 8. 
While the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men, go and fight the enemy of Amalek for us tomorrow. I was standing on top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the, victory, after, after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on the school as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they have raised their fists against the Lord uh, and the Lord will be at war with Amalek from generation to generation. Amen. An interesting story, very early on in the deliverance of Israel. This surging advance of God's people was not no small feat, let me tell you. As we know, the deliverance of the Lord was through ten mighty plagues that brought them from the grip of Pharaoh and eventually through the Red Sea, a deliverance like no other. And so they are enjoying and basking in the glory of God as, a newfound, as his newfound people on a journey through the Sinai. You know, the Bible says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. And I want to tell you today, friends, he also said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus. Amen. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are coming against us today and we'll deal with that later on in the message. But I want to tell you that Christ has won a victory and he is establishing a kingdom and, you know, we have seen things come and we have seen things go down through history, friends. And one thing that has stood the test of time has been that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Oh, hallelujah. We saw that more starkingly through the last two years of COVID-19 when people were hiding in bunkers and government officials were hiding and everybody was falling apart. But I want to tell you, Christ remains the same. Amen. Hallelujah. He is the same. He's present. He's saving. He is touching. He is healing. He is bringing his church forward. No matter what is against us, we praise his name tonight that he is true and faithful to his word. Now here Israel is enjoying what you could see up to this portion of his history, enjoying a little bit of a honeymoon period, a little bit like Brother Dallas, except he's five years. They were less than five weeks into their honeymoon period where they had crossed into the Sinai Desert with the promise of God on them. God was going to bring them into their own land. From that land, he was going to bring forth the Savior of the world. And so in that journey, they're enjoying God. God has been faithful to them. There's been some tests along the way, but God has been good to them. I want to tell you, friends, no matter what life you live, it will never be a life without opposition. There's no easy paths to life. Life is difficult. Life is a fight. You know, you must be fighting the good fight as, as regards to the, the bad fight. And for a time, it seemed that God's people looked more like fleeing refugees, you know, avoiding conflict, ducking and diving the Egyptians, and then ducking and diving different foes as they went through the Sinai Desert. 
They had not yet fully become aware of who they were. You know, they didn't realize that there was so much promise given to them. That the promises of God and the purposes of God through their lineage was going to be established. God said, I'm bringing you into a land that I'm giving you. And what a promise they possessed. They saw the most incredible phenomena. They saw the pillar and they saw the cloud, friends. But in the midst of all that, they still weren't aware of who it was that dwelt among them. Does it sound like anybody tonight in your Christian walk? That, you know, you're still not aware of who you are in this body, in this great Christ, in this great church. They were unaware, still thinking like slaves, ducking and diving. And of course, Amalek, which is a picture of the devil here in the scriptures. Amalek is one of these kings that opposed the advancement of the Jews. Now, as Moses led the people through the Sinai, he sent out envoys and they went to King Amalek and they offered him money to say, will you let us pass through your land? We're not stopping. We're not staying here. We're going to a different place. Will you let us pass through? We'll pay for the water. We'll pay for the rental of the land as we walk through. But he wasn't having any of it. And of course, they began to attack the children of Israel. And he was a cowardly man. Amalek was a cowardly. The people were a cowardly people. A vicious and cowardly people. Just like the powers of darkness, friends. Just like Satan himself. He's a coward and he's dark. Amen. And they would come up behind the rear ranks of Israel. And they would attack the children and the weak and the elderly that were falling behind. The easy fruit, as they would say. The low-lying fruit. Easy pickings. Killing these stragglers that were falling behind this huge huge uh, carven train that was on its way to Israel. And such was the carnage that God said, I'll not forget this. I will not forget what Amalek did to my children along that road. And I want, they will be, he will be destroyed forever. His name will be obliterated. And that's why the anger of God burned so badly against Amalek and his people after that. God had granted his children an incredible freedom. The Bible said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Praise God today, amen. Thank God I'm free in Jesus. It, it's what we need to discover is how, what that freedom actually looks like. We need to have a revelation of it. And that's why we come to him in prayer. And that's why we study the word. Because as we get a revelation of what that word means, friends, it releases us to move into the supernatural. It releases us to advance forward. It gives us a holy boldness. It gives us something inside that grips us. I want to tell you, friends, there's nothing emboldens a man more than when he stands for what's true. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not only does it make you free, friends, it makes you bold. It makes you strong. It makes you stand for what's right. But I want to tell you, getting the man out of Egypt was one thing, but getting Egypt out of the man was quite another. You know, when Christ saved you, you could say that was the easy part, even though it cost him everything. But sometimes there is that battle that rages inside, that battle within us all the time of not listening to the right voice, still thinking like a slave. God had granted them a deliverance to stand and defy their armies. Instead, they're totally unsure, when in reality, they're totally unstoppable. It's amazing. They're insecure and they don't know what about this one, what about this person's opinion, and what about this, what about that, what about the other. And they're not listening to the voice that's reassuring them, no, I'm with you, always, even to the end of the age. 
The deliverance from Egypt was nothing short of a phenomenal demonstration of the power of God. Any modern army would absolutely love to have that precision of a Holy Spirit that could go in and slay the firstborn man, a child, a male in every home. I tell you, if they had that sort of technology today, their tanks and their planes and their guns and their shock and all would pale into insignificance than having God on your side. His deliverance of his people through the plagues and the pestilence was one that opened the eyes of all the nations around them. They begin to quake to understand that God was establishing a people. And this, this young fledgling church, as you could call it, still unsure of who they were. Still unsure, ducking and diving. You know, loving the fact that God is providing for them, but not really apprehending and not really advancing yet at this stage. But there comes a time, friends, when the honeymoon is over. There comes a time of conflict. There comes a time of engagement. You know, and a lot of people want to back off that within the church today. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. But the reality is today that many of us just don't wrestle anyhow. We just give up too easily. We seem to take a back seat when the enemy is advancing. And we can see it happening in our world today that Amalek is still alive, friends. Amalek is still going up behind the back of the church and taking our sons and our daughters and the weaker ones. He's still attacking the rear ranks of the Christian church and dragging people back into sin and back into darkness and bondage. And I want to tell you, friends, that there's a battle. And the Bible says we are to stand on the head of the king's. There's a battle for the church. There's a battle, friends, that we must wage in the spirit against the powers of darkness. Now, you might not hear a lot of that today in YouTube. It sounds a bit mystical, but I want to tell you, friends, there's a real fight that the Christian is called to. It comes a time when you must be aware of it, that you are brought out of darkness, but you've been invested by God. The things of God have been invested into you. The presence of God, the Spirit of God, the power of God, and the provision of God has been given to His church. Israel didn't realize that this at this moment in time had no real understanding. Every baby when it's born doesn't realize its, its own capabilities. Mom and dad have to do everything for it. Feed it, protect it, care for it. But there comes a time, friends, when the child must grow. Healthy things must grow. If you're a Christian, young Christian in the Lord, you can't stay young in the Lord for long. It's abnormal. You can't stay babyish all the time. It's not right. If you're not growing in the Lord, then you're retarding. You're going backwards. And God wants you to grow. He wants you to advance. He wants you to experience the power in the name of Jesus. He wants you to stand and command the Word of God over situations. He wants you to be able to engage in the things of the Spirit. He wants to hear your voice as you become active in the purposes of God. He actually even encourages us, Oh my dove, which art in the cleft of the rock in a secret place of the stair. He loves your voice. Let me hear your voice, for sweet is your voice. God's given you a voice, friends. God has given you an intellect, but most of all, He's given you and invested into you the Holy Spirit. And it comes a time, friends, there is a coming of age for the Christian church. And here in Exodus 17, that honeymoon is over. That coming of age has to happen. There comes a time where there's no more ducking and diving and fleeing and just kind of getting by on weekends and sort of little Christian oasises. There comes a time where you start to engage. Can you say amen? amen. There comes a time where you must stand. 
There comes a time where you and I must begin to employ the truth of God that has been so richly shed abroad in our hearts and begin to stand and believe and declare the name of Jesus. The time has come to move into the righteous position, not as children of God, but more like sons and daughters. Take your position. Advance the kingdom. Amen. Don't be always the kind of, well, I'm just young in the Lord, or I'm the weak Christian. I want to tell you, we're all weak. Every single one of us, friends. We don't boast in our own strength. We boast in the strength that's within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Even the weakest framed person here with the, with, with the least education can be powerful and mighty once they give themselves totally to the work of God. The Bible is totally clear about this. It says, when we were without hope, Christ delivered us, set us free from the power of darkness. But now, friends, we have hope. Amen. Thank God this morning you and I can say, well, I was once helpless. I was once hopeless. I once had no power. I once had no ability to see what was happening. But now the Holy Spirit has arrived. Amen. God has brought a new life into me. I am a new creature. All things have passed away. And I begin to grow into all things as God begins to lead me and guide me. And growth is what I want to talk about to you, to you tonight. To grow in the things of God. Just as this young fledgling nation had to grow in the purposes of God. So you and I have to grow. You and I have to begin to employ the wonderful and, 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 and affirm the wonderful truths of God's word. Instead of looking like a bunch of fearful, sheepish pushovers. We must learn to stand. And I said, friends, we must learn to stand. And we see it here with Joshua. Joshua goes up against first time tested in battle. You must remember these are slaves. They have no understanding of battle. They've been 500 years in bondage. They're block layers and they're carpenters and you know, they're, they're farmers. They've never been in battle. They've never seen battle. But now all of a sudden they're up against a trained army. And they can fall back and say, I don't have the ability. I can't do these things. But I want to tell you, friends, you can because Christ is in you. Hallelujah. I can do all things. What does the scripture say? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done. Amen. I want to tell you you're far richer than what you give yourself credit for. And you're far stronger than what you know yourself to be. Amen. I want to tell you right now, when you begin to open yourself up to the possibilities that can happen in your life when you give your life fully to God. The Bible is clear about this. The reality is I'm no longer hopeless. I'm no longer under the heel of the enemy. No longer living in fear. I'm no longer a slave to the devil. I've already gone through the waters of baptism. I've gone through that Red Sea. I'm a conqueror. In actual fact, I am more than a conqueror. As we begin to affirm what God says about us, when we begin to repeat the scriptures, you see, a lot of you can't even affirm who you are because you don't know the word of God. Many don't read the word of God. You don't hear what God's saying to you. Oh my gosh, you're robbing yourself. You're feeding on the word of God. It's going to feed your soul. It's going to establish you upon a rock. It's going to tell you who your true identity is. Amen. I watched a program recently about identity. I, I tell you, so many confused people out there today. If you want to know what your identity is, read the word of God. Male and female, he created them. Amen. There's no argument with that. All of a sudden, if I'm struggling with that, I go to the same God and say, Lord, you made me a man. Now make me comfortable as a man. I want to tell you, God can set you free. 
Can I hear an amen? amen? Not very popular today, but it's the word of God. Stood the test of 4,000 years plus. We're going to stand on that side of scripture and history. Amen. I want to tell you, whatever ever bondage you're in, whatever fear you're in, the truth shall make you free. As you begin to read the word of God, you begin to see what God did in history past. He is now doing in your life today. That is just a microcosm for the rest of history, friends. What took place in Israel is something that God is doing in your life. What God was doing in the physical nation, he's doing spiritually in your life and in my life. And it comes that time, friends, when you begin to stand in what Christ says about you. Hallelujah. For, for too long, the devil has bluffed you, frightened you. He has told you you're not worthy. You're not strong enough. You may not even be in the gospel. You might not even be in Christ. All these lies from the enemy, friends, when you do have a testimony. I want to tell you, Christian, you know you're saved because you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. You may feel weak in yourself. You may have sins. You may have fallen short in ways. But thanks be to God that for the blood that speaks a better word over you. Amen. And that's your faith rising, isn't it? As the Christian say, well, I didn't have a great day today. It wasn't one of those great Wednesdays. I couldn't enter into worship. I didn't have a good day at work. I did things that were not flattering to my testimony. But I have still put my confession in Jesus Christ. That's the battle of faith. And as we stay in that place, then the Holy Spirit comes and begins to revive you again. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God he doesn't come and condemn you. Thank God tonight, if anyone was condemning you tonight at the service or watching, if you're in Christ and someone is condemning you, I want to tell you it's not him. It's not him. It might be the devil, but it's certainly not God. Because he affirms who you are. He brought you out. He established you into his army, into his church, into his ecclesia, his called out ones. There comes a time as a Christian that we must go and engage in the enemy instead of cowering and running away. There's a lot of cowardness today in the modern church where people have lost the ability to confront they have lost the ability to stand. They have lost the ability to open their mouths and be counted. And that's because they're fearful of the consequence. What I would fear, friends, for what God would say rather than what man would say. You know, there'll come a time when we would stand before God and he'd say one or two things to us. He'd like to say, well done or why? I pray God for my own life that it won't be why. I pray he will not say to me, why did you not speak to them? Why, when you had the opportunity, did you not share who I was? Why didn't you stand for what was righteous and tell them a better way? Why did you turn away in the time of their need, even though they're ferocious and angry against you? The gospel is the hope of the nation, friends. And here in Deuteronomy 25, Amalek, he could never stop Israel. They had God on their side. And let me tell you that Satan would never be able to overpower the church. He's tried it for millennia. He's tried to come against the early nation of Israel so that they wouldn't be Messiah. And then when the church was born, friends, Caesar after Caesar, emperor after emperor, he tried to persecute that young church into oblivion. But no, friends, the blood of the martyrs was the fuel of the church. Where every time they tried to push us down, we grew even stronger. Do you know there's more people being swept into the kingdom today than at any other time in history? Right around this globe today, friends, even as we are seated here, tens of thousands are being swept into the kingdom. 
Men and women in the quiet of the rooms now are calling upon the Lord, going into online services and, and reaching out for help and reaching out for fellowship. Why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church. Amalek will be defeated. Amen. There will be a standing up and a rising up of the people of God. And if, if you, you may not realize it, but you have skin in this fight because Amalek is coming after your sons and your daughters and your elderly and your weak ones around you. And God will have it that you would intercede and lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. What an obligation we're under, friends. It's as severe as because we were brought into the army of God to stand for the things of God in an hour that anything goes. Let me tell you, friends, anything doesn't go. There's only one right, and there's only one way, and there's only one truth, and his name is Jesus. And when you bow the knee to him, you bow the knee to the way he wants you to live. When I became a slave to righteousness, I laid down all of my rights and took up only that which Christ gave me. That's why I started tonight by saying, what a name it is to be a Christian, to own the name of Christian, that he is my king, he is my Lord. That is where I, that's my barometer, that's my direction, that's my plumb line. And we begin to see how Joshua began to stand against Amalek and engage him. And I want to tell you, when you stand in this great contest for souls, when you stand in this world around us and begin to declare about Christ, it's not going to be without its opposition. It's not one of these, you're not a straw man here. It's not some sort of fictitious uh, uh, warfare that we're on about. Spiritual warfare, friends, and engaging for the lives of men and women is the most real thing in this world. Everything else around you is decaying, including the seats that you're sitting on and the clothes that you're in and, the, and governmental systems and even the world itself is falling apart, friends. All of that is, but the most important thing is to stand for the eternal principles of God and go to battle for those who you love, for this city, for this nation, for the people that are around us, the moms and dads and the boys and girls, to stand and declare Christ, to stand and lift up the gospel in the name of Jesus. For too long the enemy has killed the weaker ones. For too long we've stood prayerlessness, stood in a place of apathy as churches and as individuals. We stood by and we watched how Satan has come in among, among the people of God and around the world and taken hold of entire families and now nations, friends, and destroying the very fabrics of society. Too many of our children have been butchered by him with their pornography and their online stuff and all that nastiness that's coming through this internet and all that bizarre neo-thinking about who they are. I want to tell you, friends, it's time for the church to stand and begin to declare who we stand for and what we believe in. Amen. And come out, I tell you, with every filth coming out of the closet, and every weirdness coming out of the closet, it's about time the Christian starts to come out of the closet. Can I hear an amen? amen. It's about time that we stand and say, this is what I believe. This is who I believe in, amen. And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. We stand unashamed. We stand with him, for him. And we stand for you, for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Thank God today that we can go and interface with the powers of darkness and rebuke them and use the power of the name of Jesus. Let me tell you that Satan will never overpower the church because the church is forcefully advancing. Too long the enemy has killed the weaker ones, as I said, but now is a time 
where the slow and the depressed and the easy targets and those who have been casualties will have defenders, will have men and women that will go into the prayer closet, that will have men and women that will stand in the presence of God, lifting up holy hands and doing battle for them as Moses stood in that battleground with his hands raised to heaven, raising a banner before the Lord. I want to tell you, God is invoking his church to stand also and to stand in that great fight and to see the deliverance of the Lord. If we would only simply trust him today. Christ intercedes for us in Mount Calvary. His rod being his cross. The Christian symbol of authority. The plumb line. The rod in the Old Testament was used for measuring. It was a plumb line. It was a ruler. It was an aid for defense and an aid for comfort. Thank God today we take comfort in the cross of Jesus. That's where our boast is today, in the work of our Savior on that cross of Calvary. Thank God that he ever lives with those near-pierced hands standing before the throne of God for you and I today. What a Savior we have, friends. Oh, what a wonderful Savior is Jesus, our Lord. The cross is our comfort. The cross is our aid. The cross is our measurement and our rule for life. We never stand on our own presumptions and our own assumptions but we stand on the Word of God. Hallelujah. We stand on the Word of God. We stand because He ever lives to make intercession for us. We stand because He's empowered us with the Holy Spirit. We stand because He's given us a love for this broken and lost world. It breaks my heart, it genuinely does, to see the utter confusion in men and women today, to see the brokenness that's in the lives, the fear that has gripped our societies, the absolute bewilderment that has just swept over the nations, where people haven't even, they don't know if they're fish, fowl, or red herring. They don't know if they're raspberry, gooseberry, or anything else. There's utter, an utter, an utter darkness. And they're like wading in it, friends. And what it needs is a church that will do battle. What is needed is men and women that will stand. Joshua's types of Christ, blood-washed Christians, that will go and engage and raise up a banner. Raise up a standard for the Lord. Amen. I hope tonight that you, Christian, whoever you are watching or in-house here tonight, that you will begin to feel your duty and your call to do battle for those weak ones. Amen. That you feel it your duty and your call to stand in the place of prayer. We don't go out there to fight anyone physically. That's not our world. Jesus said, if my kingdom was of this world, my disciples would have fought. We fight, friends, but we don't fight with the fists. We fight with the word of God. We fight with prayer. Amen. We fight with good deeds. We fight with love. Amen. We never fight with the arm of flesh. We never try to force a man to think the way we try to think, friends, or do what we do. That's not Christian virtue. But we stand in another place. We stand declaring the truth of God's word, shining a light into the darkness of men's thinking. Oh, that God would raise you up tonight, whoever you are. Oh, that God would arouse within you a deep sense of obligation for those around you. Oh, that God would stir your heart to see the awfulness of the life that so many are living, the desperation and the despair that has gripped our world today. That, oh, that God would burden us to a place where we would naturally come before his presence and seek his face. Oh, that God would take away the indifference of the need, uh, to the need around us. Oh, that God would deal with our hearts tonight and any apathy that is settled in, that it's okay with me, my and my own, would be, would be evaporated. That we would feel that sense of absolute need and that sense of absolute imperativeness in our hearts and souls to, to go into the very throne of grace tonight and to seek God for these people. Amen. 
to see God, to see a revival across our nation. And that God would embolden you and embolden me that in the marketplace, in the school place, wherever you are, that you would stand for what's righteous. Do I hear a big amen for that? That we would not keep our mouths quiet, friends. That we would declare the praises of him who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That we won't accept errors and, and, and untruths and lies to our children, but we would stand in the word of God. says, no, God says this. God says this. The Bible says that. Amen. But to do that, you need to, want, you need to know what the Bible says, friends. Not what Pastor Nick says. You need to know what the Bible says. Amen. To know what the right way is, you have to go to the right book. It's called the Word of God. You have to read again, Christian. You have to pray. You have to be filled up in your spirit because otherwise you're just going out as an argumentative person with no love in your heart. And so as we begin to get into the Word of God as Christians, as we begin to grow in our faith, as we begin to feel the need around us, and then we come to God and pray and say, God, I see the darkness. Now God, anoint your servant. Give me the words to speak. I wonder, has anyone prayed that this week? Lord, give me the words to speak. God, tell me what to say. Give me the courage to stand. Oh, that God tonight will touch all of our hearts. You're not powerless, friends. You're not abandoned. You're anointed of God. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the good news, to declare, to declare to the captives, friends, uh, that, that sense of liberty, that there's a way open for them. There's a way to break free, to comfort all those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he will be glorified. I don't know, friends, I hope you can stand with me tonight and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, the Apostle Paul said, and it's still the power of God. The gospel is still powerful to set you free. Jesus is still the same. Whoever you are, whatever confusion you're in, whatever sin-binding, life-binding force that's controlling you, I want to tell you there's a power far more powerful than that that can shatter its holds in your life. I want to tell you tonight, whatever hold you're in, it's not deep enough because the love of God can get there. It just means for you and I to reach out in faith for Him. I'm not ashamed, the apostle said. What is this mountain before you, Zerubbabel? What is it? It's not by might. It's not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And friends, tonight we face Amalek. We face the forces of darkness. They are invading our homes. They are invading our society, our schools, our workplaces. But we are not powerless. Hallelujah. In you, there is a power that parted the waters of the Red Sea. In you, friends, there is a power that absolutely got the grip of Pharaoh off the nation of Israel. In you is the power of the resurrected Christ. In you, friends, is the power that can shake the heavens and the earth. In you, friends, is a power that will bring light to the darkest places of this world. The world has no answers. But you have. The world has no power, but you have. And so now it is a time for the sons of God to be revealed. It's a time for children to move into sonship. It's a time for the weak to start growing up. It's a time for us to stop our excuses, our, our reasons that have turned into excuses. It's a time for us to say, I will take my stand and I will declare the praises of him who brought me out of darkness into his glorious light. I will make him known. 
I will stand and I will bring the gospel. I will bring the gospel with love in my heart. Arguments in my mouth, but I will bring it by the grace of God. And so Joshua stood and did battle against Amalek. And as Moses interceded in that mountain with his hands lifted high, they prevailed. And I want to tell you today, friends, it's not Moses that intercedes for us. It's not that we need some pastor with some people holding up his hands. What we have today, we have our man in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. Whoever lives for you, who never slumbers nor sleeps, doesn't need anybody keeping him awake, doesn't need anyone holding up his hands, friends. No, friends, he is there and he is seeking those who will put their trust in him, ready to empower you, ready to give you all that you need pertaining to life and godliness. Oh, friends, it's not by our natural power. We put to flight false arguments and false sciences all through the name of Jesus, friends. That's our answer. The world has none. But we own a name that's above every other name. We own a name that every demon in hell trembles and fears. We own a name, friends, that when it's embraced, sets free the darkened prisoners, those in the waterless pits, brings them to a place of consolation, a place of hope, a place of life, a place of victory, a place of freedom. We proclaim a gospel, friends, that when embraced, will even set the darkest mind at liberty. will flood them with the life and the light of Christ himself. And so it cannot be shut in to you. You cannot be a light hidden under a bushel. You cannot be a quiet Christian. You cannot have private views of these things. Our demands us to stand and fight against Amalek, against his false arguments, against his false power, and to stand and begin to reclaim our families our society, and our world. Amen. And I believe with all my heart that as men and women of God, as you stand in the power of God, as you begin to get into this book, remember Patrick showed me a book, my dad gave him a Bible a number of years ago and he just came out of our Bible school and he gave him a Bible and he said, and the inscription was, this book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. And he said it to me only a few weeks ago. Your your dad gave me a a very nice Bible years ago. Do you know what, friends? What is keeping you from the Word of God? What is keeping you from the presence of God? And what is keeping you from standing when you are the only ones that really know what's going on in this world? And I commission you and commend you and encourage you. Having done all to stand, keep standing. Don't be ashamed. Raise up your hands to him. Begin to declare him. Joshua saw a victory that day, friends. And I want to tell you that we are to put our our foot on the head of the enemy and see him crushed. Don't give him quarter. Don't give him a millimeter into your family. Don't give him an an even light distance in your home. Stand against him and stand for the Lord. And for you to stand against the Lord, you have to grow as a Christian. Amen. You have to grow, church. Comes a time now where it's not just one or two people try to bat up on the frontier and try to get a good rousing message for everybody. It's for you to get invested in the workplace again. I said it to you the last few weeks and I really felt it was from the Lord for me. Stop being a nice person. Start being a Christian person. Amen. Stop talking about how lovely the weather is. Start talking about how lovely Christ is. Stop talking about how bad things are. Tell them how good things are in Christ. 
Start to, listening to all the depressive stories and start telling people the stories of life. That there's a God in heaven who loves them. There's a power that can set them free. And fight against the powers of darkness. Amalek, wherever you go, and give them no quarter. And that's what God wants from you. And that's what God wants from me. And I want to tell you this. He doesn't ask you to do those things without giving you the power to do it. He's not sending you out with an argument. He's sending you out with his Holy Spirit and with his presence. Now, would you stand with me tonight because we got to the end of our service. And my prayer for you, as it is for me, is that, Lord, help me to grow up and help me to grow in my faith, Lord God. Now, you need to ask the Lord that. You either want to grow in your faith or you don't want to grow in your faith. You either want to advance or you don't want to advance. If you're one of those tonight that want to advance in the things of God, you really need to make business with the Lord and say, God, I'm fed up with being on the back foot, retreating into comfort all the time, just worried about me, my, my own, and my house, and my paneled house, and my finances, and my marriage, and my, my children. Everyone else's children can go to hell. No, God has called you to fight against Amalek for these people. And I pray tonight that you will lift up a hand to heaven and ask the Lord to strengthen you because he will. Now, right now, every eye closed, every head bowed. You can do business with the Lord in a couple of seconds. It doesn't need long engagements with God. It needs an honest engagement with God. So if there's an honest man or woman here that says, you know what, I get it. I need to grow up and I need to go into battle. I need to get the army of the Spirit. I need to stop advancing. Time is short. No more excuses. No more ifs and buts. The honeymoon is over. It's time to down tools now and gird your loins, friends, and get ready for battle. And Israel had to learn that. It's going to be getting water out of the rock. It's going to be getting manna every morning. You don't need to work very hard for it. It's going to have all these graces and protection around you, but it comes a time where you have to stand. There comes a time where you put your spiritual big boy pants on and you start to go in and do battle for society, for souls, for those who we love and those around us, friends, in this world. Father, I pray if there's, anyone, if there's only one man here, one woman, that would hear this word, God, and maybe it would grip their heart. I pray for that man and woman tonight, Lord. And I pray, God, you would just confer upon them a deep sense of conviction. A deep sense, Lord, that this is the right thing for them. That they are brought into an army. They're a soldier of Christ. And that, God, they would stand in this perverted time, in this confused time, and they would shed, shine the light of the gospel. They would, and they would share and declare the name of Jesus. And they would come against every power of darkness. And, Father, we come against the power of darkness now. We come against the utter confusion that's flooding into our society and our children. And, God, we stand before you tonight, Lord, as, as your church. And God, we are appalled to see how far this world has fallen from you. We are appalled, Lord, to see the darkness that has descended into our school system, into our politicians, Lord, into our civic structures, into our educational system. Lord, we're appalled to see how men, Lord God, and darkness are so overcome by darkness and so out of compassion. Tonight, Lord, we ask you to re-strengthen us again and to refill us again and to give us courage to stand, O oh God, and a determination, Lord, put steel into us, God, that, Lord, we would leave here, God, and be invested in your word and invested in prayer and out in that world, O oh God, sharing your gospel with men and women, elbowing, elbowing our way in, if necessary, Lord, to conversations, O oh God, to share the gospel 
and to bring the hope of your good news to them. Lord, we pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that we will not be found wanting in the balance. We will not be like Belshazzar, O oh God, found wanting, Lord, in the balance, God. We will not be found hiding our lamp under a bushel and filling our lives with excuse after excuse. Lord, I pray now, God, you help me today, Lord. Pastor Nick, Lord, you help me, God, to move upwards and onwards in the, and be determined, Lord, to stand in the gap and to declare you and to do battle for you. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you tonight, Lord. We thank you for Moses and Joshua. But that was a long time ago. Today we fight Amalek in the 21st century in our cities and in our towns. And God, we go to you tonight and give us the strength we pray and the courage we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We are are finished, but I want to... This is a huge burden for me, and I think it's for many of us. It's gone. It's the, it's the 11th hour and 59 minutes. It's a minute to midnight, friends, and darkness is everywhere, and the church doesn't seem to be opening her mouth. Stand. Stand for Christ. Stand up for what's right, even if it's not popular. Preach the gospel in season and out of season. And leave the results with God. Amen. Give every man an opportunity to hear. Every woman an opportunity to hear. Give every one of them an opportunity to be right with God. And if they don't, that's, there's nothing you can do with that. But don't stand by and wash your hands like a Pontius Pilate and think it's someone else's job. Because there's no big wigs coming from America to do it here. There's no one come from the UK. No, one's, no one else is going to be in your world but you. And may God so charge you today to stand and I pray you will and I pray when you get there it'll be well done not why God bless you all God keep you Amen Amen Thank you for tuning in with us today make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church also make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have any questions, you can email us info at courtchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.courtchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.